Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. This may be the first time in a long time or the first time ever that a preacher in this pulpit has got to preach every single Sunday of Advent. How about that? Uh, It's not nothing special because of me, but thank you. (laughs) We blame it on COVID because usually we have a Christmas cantata with the choir and we have a Christmas program with the kids and we missed both those things this year. Missed them greatly. So hopefully next year we can have the kids back up here and the choir back up here. We'll pray it all works out that way. But what a unique time when I actually got to preach every Sunday of Advent. And there was an unintentional series that came about. I didn't intend it, but clearly the Holy Spirit had something in mind. You know, every week we've talked about a Christmas song or a Christmas psalm. A couple weeks back, I preached from Psalm number 85. Last week was Psalm number 126. And this morning, we're going to spend time in Luke chapter 1. And that's where Mary sings her song, her Magnificat. Now, you might have heard it pronounced my Magnificant, but it's not can't. It's cat. For all you cat lovers, that'll be easy to remember. Magnificat. We find it in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of his humble, pardon me, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Father, I thank you for all the promises we have here in your word. 
I thank you for how you make alive our spirits by the power of your love. Uh, Lord, I pray for those we know who are spiritually asleep or spiritually dead. I pray, God, that you would soften their hearts. Continue to use your prevenient grace to work in their lives even though they may be unaware of it. Continue to draw them to respond positively to your love. And Lord, bless us as we believe, as we follow, as we live by your Spirit and your Word. Lord, I thank you for the knowledge and wisdom that come from there and the direction we have. And and Lord, how you bless all along the way. Continue to bless in this service, I pray. Bless what's been prepared. May this, this, this sermon, Lord, help us know you better and know your will for our lives. And may we leave here changed because we've encountered you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary was changed after she encountered the angel. She got some news. She's going to be having a baby. That's what we read about in Luke chapter 1. I think it's verses 38. Pardon me, it's verses 26 to 38. We read about how the angel shows up. Let's Mary know she's highly favored and that she's going to be expecting. And she's like, how can that be? I'm not married yet. I've never known a man. How can that happen? And that's impossible. And that's where we get the verse with God. Nothing is impossible. The virgin is with child, just like the prophet foretold. Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14. And now Mary, after she's got this news, encountered the angel. Well, she's feeling overwhelmed by the Lord's love. And what do people do when they're overwhelmed by love? They sing about it. She feels this love in her entire being. We know that because, well, she uses her physical self, her body, to sing Mary's song. Mary said she's using that sense of, is speech a sense? I should have looked that up. One of the five senses, touch, taste, smell, sound. That speech is not a sense. See, I must be senseless. But Mary sings, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God. She feels it in her whole being, body, soul, and spirit. Oftentimes in the Bible, the terms soul and spirit are used interchangeably. Other times, not. One of those times, it came up in a Bible study. 
We are studying Hebrews chapter 4, and let me read to you what it says there in verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the, the word of the Lord is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And then somebody said, Pastor, I got a question. What's the difference between the soul and the spirit? And I didn't have an answer. That was a hard question on the spot. Well, I have an answer this morning. So if you ask that question and have been waiting for it, here it is. Body, soul, and spirit. The body's physical, right? Everything we know physically. Here, I actually had it in my message. The senses. Taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. That's the body, the physical. Then we have the soul. The soul is uniquely human. The Greek word used for soul is suke. That's kind of our root word. It is our root word for psychology. The soul. When we see in the Bible, it's the minds, the emotion, the will, the part of us that lives forever. The soul of a human. Jesus talked about the soul in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. When he said, don't be afraid of the one who can destroy the body, but be afraid of the one who could destroy the soul. The spirit, the spirit is the core of our being. The spirit is spiritual. Imagine that. I know it's deep, isn't it? The Greek word often used for spirit is pneuma. That's the root word for pneumonia, breath, wind. How did the Spirit show up on Pentecost Sunday? In a mighty wind. Our spirit is that part of us made alive by God. The Spirit is how we connect to God and how God connects with us. You see, the Lord gives birth to our spirit. John chapter 3. That's the nick at night. That's what Pastor Denny liked to call it. Nicodemus shows up to talk to Jesus at night. The original nick at night. My kids probably don't get that joke because we don't have Nickelodeon. Back in the day, they'd play Gomer Pyle and Bewitched and all those great 60s and 70s TV shows on Nickelodeon, the kids' station, from like 8 p.m. till 10 p.m., called it Nick at Night. I don't know if they do that anymore. Let's go to Nick at Night in John 3. Jesus declared in verse 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And of course, that just confounds Nicodemus. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. Thank you for that mental picture. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. 
No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. We are spiritually dead until we respond to His Spirit at work in us. That's when we're born again. There's a spiritual awakening, a spiritual birth. There's life. So let's sum it up. Connect all three. We are souls that have a body that's made spiritually alive by God. If you didn't get it, I'll say it again. We are souls that have a body and we're made spiritually alive by God. If we're to be made alive by God, then His love must be received and accepted. That's how we're made fully alive. Let's stay in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, 16 to 18. For God, this is Jesus talking, so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Condemnation doesn't sound like love, does it? Let me make it clear. God, I'll make it clear because Jesus made it clear. God does not condemn people. They condemn themselves because they reject his love and do not believe in Jesus. Go back to John chapter 1 a second. Verse 10. Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that was which his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. To those who did what? Who received Him. A lot of people say, I won't believe in a God who sends people to hell. (laughs) He doesn't send them to hell. That's where the free will comes in. They made the choice to reject and not believe in His one and only Son. You don't believe me? You should have heard what Lord told me about Facebook this morning. Somebody said something very, very nasty about God and His Word. Because there is a hate for God out there. But God does not hate. God loves. And it's His desire that anyone who would believe, 
No, no, no. It's his desire that everyone would believe. As a matter of fact, when the angels showed up to the shepherds, when they were watching their flocks in the field by night and they were sore afraid. Did you watch the Peanuts Christmas special? Those shepherds were sore afraid. That might be King James Version too. The news the shepherds received was that it was good news for all people. And then Peter emphasizes that in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says that the day the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The leaf, everything's going to be laid bare. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, though, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to be condemned. Have I been clear on that? He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And when we come to repentance, when the old is gone, the new has come, we've been born again, we experience that spiritual awakening, the spiritual birth, we're alive, fully alive, alive the way we're meant to be alive. Our spirit is, boom, alive. That's what happened to Mary. She's alive. And she acknowledges all that He has done for her. We read about it in verses 48 to 55. And what Mary praised God for are things that He not only did for her, but He does for us. He did it for previous generations. He'll do it for future generations. And we're going to go through it verse by verse. I was having fun because when it first starts, they all start with the letter M. I thought, yes, Lord, alliteration, you're awesome. Then it stopped. But listen to the great things that he has done. And you'll hear it over and over again. He has done. He has done. He has done. Verse 48, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Isn't it nice when someone's mindful of you? When they think about you? When they consider you? We like it when people are mindful of us. When their mind is... That means something, doesn't it? That, that, that means that person, well, they care about us. Verse 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's mindful. He has mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. <laughs> Praise God for His mercy. Verse 51. He, he has performed mighty deeds. Things that might have otherwise been impossible if not for God. Verse 51, the second half of it. What does he do? He has scattered the proud. Sometimes proud people get on my nerves. How about you? Let's be honest. It's nice sometimes when the Lord keeps His word. 
and we're reminded he's in control and humble pie is fed. He brought down rulers. Verse 52. What has a hold of you? What had a hold of you? And ruled your life before him. He brought it down, didn't he? And if he hasn't yet, he can and he will. That's why Jesus came. Verse 52. The second half of it. Lifted up the humble. Verse 53, the first half of it, filled the hungry with good things. Man, what do people try to fill themselves with before they're made spiritually alive? A bunch of junk, huh? And we all have that God-shaped void that we try to fill, and then we almost say crap. The stuff we fill it with... What's what I said that I probably shouldn't have said. And we don't realize how we're fully satisfied by what He has to fill us with. Now, I don't, I don't want you to get mixed up on the second half of verse 53. He sent the rich away empty. It's not a bad thing to be rich. But when our riches are more important than our God and our following Him, there's the issue. Then we will be sent away empty. Last verse there. Mary, Mary sings, He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. Well, I, I know what you're thinking, because, well, I'm hoping you're thinking this, because it's the next part of the message. How... how, how what did he say to the fathers? Well, let me tell you what he said to the fathers. Let me tell you about Nathan and David. Now, I'm not going to the whole story about David and Bathsheba and the sheep. Oftentimes, when you hear about the prophet Nathan, that's what you think of. You know, the story where Nathan says to David, You're the man! You're the man! You're the one who took the sheep, slaughtered it, and fed it to your family when you had everything else illustrating the adultery, taking another man's wife. That's not the story I'm talking about, even though I just told it. David and Nathan, there's a great encounter in 2 Samuel chapter 7. David just moved into his new palace. He's thinking, wow, this is nice. But you know what? Something's not right. Here I am, me and my family in this beautiful palace. While the Ark of the Covenant, yep, that's it, the same one. Do, 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 do. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just for the record, Indiana Jones didn't find it. Nobody knows where it is. That Ark of the Covenant, David said, Nathan, that, that's just been in a tent or, or, or a movable tabernacle. Here I am in my palace. I want to do something. I want to build a temple for the Lord. Nathan says, that's a good idea, buddy. Do what you have in mind to do. And then that night, David had a dream, and the Lord appeared to him and said, 
I appreciate it, man. Thank you. But you're not going to build a temple for me. Your son Solomon's going to do that. But let me tell you what I'm going to do for you, David. I want to bless you and your family. And from you will, be, will come a descendant who will rule forever. And we know who that was, don't we? That's why Mary sang about it. The baby boy that she was about to have was the prophecy fulfilled to David. But she didn't just sing about David the father. She, she first mentioned Abraham, didn't she? Verse 54. The Lord has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants. You ever mess up? We all do, don't we? I thank you for not calling me out two weeks ago. I messed up. I, I, I gave a bad reference in Genesis. I said that God appeared to, to Abram and Abram reasoned with him in Genesis chapter 15. That was a mistake. Thank you for not calling me out on that. It's Genesis 18 where Abraham pleads for Sodom, where he reasons with God, gets God to change his mind because God is hes going to destroy everything and everyone. And you may know the story. Abraham pleads and says, Be merciful. If you find so many righteous people, 50, have mercy. The Lord says, if I find 50, we'll do that. How about 45? If I find 45, I'll be merciful. How about 40? <laughs> if I find 40, I'll be merciful. He's bargaining with him, isn't he? Going down and down and down. The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. I messed up again, but forgive me. I like that story. You got a free story in your sermon. I wanted to go to Genesis 22 where Abraham was tested. I had 18 stuck in my head. Guess we're human, huh? I had 18 stuck in my head because after he's willing to sacrifice his one and only son, in verse 18, what does God do? God promises... Abraham, that through him all nations, not some of the nations, but all nations will be blessed. In his mercy, all nations will be blessed through Jesus. That's what Mary was singing about. You see, and why does God do all that? Why is he merciful? Why does he do his mighty deeds? Why is he mindful of us when we mess up? Why does he lift up the humble? He does it all out of love. 
Why would He bother to do all that on our behalf if He didn't care? If He didn't love us and love this world? He does all that to draw us to Him. So He'll change us to make us more like Him. So we can live for Him. Father, I do thank You for Your Word. And I thank You for this time we have to be in Your Word each week. Thank You for this season when we remember that baby in a manger was sent out of love. For You so loved the world. Lord, I... I pray that if there's anyone here this morning who has not received the love and salvation that comes only through Jesus, that they would respond this morning and do that. Experience that spiritual life, that being born again that comes only through faith in Jesus, through the forgiveness of sins because of His shed blood on the cross. And Lord, I thank You for the relationship that we have with You through Jesus. And bless us as we walk with You. We continue to praise You for Your mindfulness, for Your mercy, for all the things that we're aware of now that we're alive in You. And Lord, may we proclaim and share that good news of how others can be made alive too. Because that's what we're called to do, to share the good news and make disciples. So help us, Lord, as we do that as we share your love. Lord, I thank you for this time we had this morning, and I thank you for your grace in our lives. Bless each one, I pray. May we have a a great Christmas this week. And Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.